Hello and welcome to the GMHBA Healthier Together podcast series. This series has been developed to assist you to master your health and well-being. Health is too hard when you try to go it alone, and we know that together we are healthier. Tim Detman is a physiotherapist with Keyser Australia. Established in Melbourne in 2006, Keyser Australia is a network of integrated physiotherapy, rehabilitation and strength training centres predicated on concept and the core principle of strength for health. Tim has a Bachelor of Physiotherapy from the University of Melbourne, an MBA from Deakin University. He's a guest lecturer in the University of Melbourne School of Physiotherapy, an industry fellow with the Swinburne University of Technology, and has been a director at Kieser Australia for the past 11 years. Tim Detman, welcome to the GMHBA Healthier Together podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Simon. I'm looking forward to having a chat today. So Tim, tell us, what is prehab? It's a question I get asked a lot by, uh, by patients. I'm a physiotherapist, Simon, and prehab really means uh, what we do for an exercise program before surgery. And there's a really important point of clarification that surgery is a really important part of treating a lot of different conditions, but there's also something called conservative management. So say a patient starts to get some knee pain. What we wouldn't do is we wouldn't send that patient to surgery straight away. We would do some conservative management type exercise. But at some point, uh, and that might be a couple of years down the track in the case of something like knee arthritis, we might get to the point where we realize, okay, they're probably going to need surgery, at which point we want to try and focus on giving them the exercise to get the best possible result from surgery. And that's that exercise just immediately before surgery. That's what we call prehab. Why is it so important? You've talked about getting a good outcome post-surgery. Why else? Yeah, there's a whole host of reasons If you go into surgery really deconditioned, then the likelihood of you having to stay longer in hospital is higher. The likelihood that you have a complication is higher. The likelihood that you will not get as positive a result after surgery is higher. So if we use the example of uh, a knee replacement, which is something that we do a lot of work with GMHVA through at Keyser, when you have arthritis and at some point you may need a knee replacement because of all the pain your muscles literally switch off you don't lose muscles as in they don't disappear they just become dormant over time and so if we can get people as strong as possible before they go into surgery get their quadricep muscles reactivated and switched back on That could be the difference between someone standing up and walking day one after surgery or being so weak that they can't stand up and walk until day two or day three of surgery. Because what we always forget about surgery is is it does fix one problem in that it might replace your knee or it might repair your tendon, but it also creates many others because you have to do an incision. There's a lot of inflammation around it. So it's basically about trying to maximise the chance that you'll have a good recovery after surgery. Tell us a bit about Keyser's approach, your philosophy. Yeah, so I'm a physiotherapist. I trained at Uni of Melbourne. My, my training, like every other physiotherapist in Australia now, was really focused about what is the best evidence for treatment. And what we know as physiotherapists is that in most conditions, back pain, knee pain, hip pain, our most important treatment methodology is exercise. 
So when I went out and worked in private practice, uh, I was initially a little bit frustrated because I didn't have access to the exercise resources that I wanted. Uh, you know, if you work in elite sport, you have amazing access to a gym. So I started working uh, at Kieser, and the reason I love working at Kieser as a physiotherapist is that I have such amazing access um, to some of the best strength training equipment in the world. So I don't send my patients home with a home exercise program and stick figures drawn on the, on the back of an A4 piece of paper. I walk outside of my treatment room with my patients uh, and I start them on an exercise program under supervision on really specific strength training equipment. The philosophy of Kieser, uh, the way I describe it to my clients, is um, in elite sport, um, physiotherapists and strength and conditioning work really, really close together and the physios spend a lot of time in the gym. And we take that elite sport philosophy or methodology and we apply, apply it to the 18 handicap golfer or we apply it to the midweek uh, tennis player or the person who goes for a walk three times a week because philosophically those people should be treated exactly the same they should have the same opportunity to do strength training and get strong over time we might dilute down the number of hours they spend each week doing it because my patients aren't paid full-time to be doing rehabilitation but philosophically, the treatment approach should be the same. We should be trying to get those people as strong as we possibly can. During the pandemic, people haven't been able to receive or have been delayed in undergoing surgeries. How have Kieser and GMHBA been working to support these people? Some of the lessons that we learned through the pandemic hopefully can, can shape the way that we approach healthcare in the future. What we were able to do during the pandemic is to give GMHBA clients access to physiotherapy. And that meant, hypothetically, if someone was on a waiting list and, and they couldn't get access to surgery that they otherwise would have, uh, we could get them in and do an exercise program. With them. And in, one of, in the pilot study that we did of this exercise program, just before the pandemic, in fact, we took over 100 people who were likely to need surgery inside of the next couple of years. They'd been recommended by their GP that they were probably going to need surgery. We put these people through three months' worth of physiotherapy plus strengthening. And we started them really light, gentle, lightweights. But then over time, we worked them hard. And, and by the end of three months, they were working really hard because to waken those quadricep muscles up, to get your glute muscles strong again, keeping in mind that I said those muscles don't disappear, they just become dormant. We need to wake them up again. We have to work those people hard. By doing that program and the intent of that program um, that the GPs had uh, referred patients in for, the intent of that was to try and prepare people for surgery or delay it in some cases because that's the most important thing, that people get surgery at the most relevant time. And so after 12 months after that three-month exercise program, most people at that point hadn't found the need to undergo surgery. Less than 10% of them after 12 months had undergone surgery. Another 12 months later, less than 30% of them had undergone surgery. So we didn't stop surgery happening in these people. We may in a few of them over the long term. But certainly what we were able to do is delay their surgery or prepare them better. Because we know that people who 
do prehab programs, probably, as I was saying before, probably get out of hospital or are more likely to get out of hospital a little bit earlier. They're a little bit less likely to have complications. And in a really important um, study, which was done in Boston, and they did some 100 people who had surgery, the people who'd done prehab exercise were less likely to need to go into inpatient rehab. They were able to uh, do their rehab in the home or in the, in a community setting, which is an ideal outcome where possible for us. That was a, a fantastic partnership between uh, between Kiza and GMHPA, and it was one of the, the first of its kind in Australia. Yeah, they're amazing outcomes. Yeah, it, and, and amazing outcomes for the patients. You know, th- those people were thinking that they were going to need surgery, you know, very soon. And also uh, wonderful for the doctors as well, Simon. Like, you know, GPs need need to be able to offer something um, to clients uh, other than just a direct referral to surgery. So for those GPs um, around the Geelong area that were able to say, hey, you know, yes, you're likely to need surgery, but before you do, um, let's make sure that you're in the best condition as possible. Go and do this three-month program uh, with Kiza. That was really positive um, for those doctors as well. So if if we were to talk about the idea or the, the, the philosophy behind prehab and take it to, say, people who aren't actually thinking of surgery, you know, may, maybe they've got aches and pains from, you know, the, the sport that they do, those aches and pains aren't debilitating, but they're there and they're recurring. What can they do? Do, do, they, do they come to a physiotherapist and do, and, and you make them a, like a workout of essentially what is prehab to make sure that they will hopefully don't get to the point of surgery or yeah. if they need it, they, they won't be so bad. Yeah, well, let me maybe answer this question by trying to describe the continuum of, of injury management. So step one would be prevention. And maybe that's the, the question that you're asking here, and I'll, I'll come back that, to that in a second. But step one would be prevention. Step two would be, okay, you've had an injury, but you don't want to go to surgery straight away. So you do what I termed before conservative management. So that's an exercise program. Then the next step, if, if that doesn't quite work, is you do prehab. And then the final step would be that you have surgery. And what we want to make sure is that everybody doesn't just go straight to surgery, that they get these alternatives along the way. But I think the question that you've just asked is, well, what if someone either doesn't have an injury and wants to do preventative exercise or, or does have an injury and it's a little, you know, let's call it a niggle or an ache or a pain? When it comes to prevention, one of the things that's been popular for a long time has been something like stretching. You know, it feels good. You often, I often have patients who come in and say, oh, Tim, I just know I need to stretch more. And the first thing I say is, no, you don't. The evidence doesn't support stretching as being the right way to try and the most efficient way to prevent injuries. The evidence supports people doing a strength training program. And that's why for the last 15 years, the Australian government has recommended that every single Australian do two strength training sessions a week. If you're worried about getting injuries, the best advice that I can give you is go to your physiotherapist and ask for a strength training program. 
and that's what that's what the physios at Kiza will do is they'll give you a preventatively oriented strength training program. And the numbers are so that if you do a strength training program, it'll reduce your injuries by over 50%. And that's that's consistently been proved um, in, in research. So the same numbers for stretching are about uh, 1% to 2%. So you, I guess you've got a choice. <laughs> do you want to take the 50% reduction or you want to take the 1% or 2% reduction? So why we recommend strength training much more than ever before. For those people who, when they hear strength training, they think I have to go into a gym and lift heavy weights what's an example of a strength training exercise um a great example is a leg press exercise so the problem with strength training the perception of strength training is people think they need to go into a gym where there's mirrors everywhere and you know everybody is really buff and training in a singlet Um, and that's a real problem in Australia because the people who need strength training the most is Australia's ageing population. It's the 50, 55-year-olds, 60, 65-year-olds. They're the people who need strength training and they don't want to go into uh, an environment with loud music and and mirrors and singlets. So, yes, you do need to go and lift heavy weights, but you need to find an environment where you feel comfortable to do that and and getting back to your question about Keyser's philosophy the way that that we do that and try and look after those people is some simple little things like there's no music in Keyser there's there's no mirrors in Keyser we we have only strength training equipment and not free weights so that people who don't have a lot of experience in doing strength training can still come in and do a program really safely um, and really efficiently and I'm not going to pretend that Keys is the, the only option and the only alternative um, out there, but that's what I strongly recommend to everyone who's listening to, the, to this podcast is, is find yourself a strength training environment where you get a high level of supervision from a physiotherapist or an exercise physiologist, exercise scientist, someone with a degree, and, and do it in an environment in which you feel comfortable. That's how we've designed the environment at Kiza, and, and it's really important for you to find that type of environment You know, that's relevant for, for you as a person, your personality, your age, you know, your location, all those things. We've talked about physiotherapy in terms of when you're injured, or prehab before surgery. For those of us out there who haven't had a huge involvement in sport or haven't had injuries where we've needed to go and see someone, can you tell us what physiotherapy can do for the people? They're active, but in terms of just a bit of a a checkup, a check-in, you know, am, am I doing things right? Do I need to do things differently? Is physiotherapy for those people as well? Yeah, absolutely. I would love if more people came to me and said, hey, Tim, you know, I, I don't have a debilitating injury, but I'd like to avoid one because there's some great things that we can that we can do for them. We would first start by asking them a lot of questions. What do they do? How do they feel when they do it? Do they get a little bit of pain? Do they get some niggles? How do they recover? And then we talk to them about, well, what do you want to achieve? Because if you if you feel like you're moving perfectly and all you want to do is just keep moving that way, then maybe there's not a lot that we need to change. But if you want to, if you want to go from not playing golf to playing golf three times a week, then there's certain exercises that I would recommend for you to try and minimise your risk. The second thing that we would look at doing is seeing what their movement's like, and that's not just about seeing if someone can touch their toes, but it's seeing about, you know, 
what's the movement of one side of their body like compared to the other? What's it like um, moving in one direction compared to the other? And then the third thing that we would do is we would do some strength tests for them. So in, in the Kieser environment, that means going out onto our equipment, using a special little thing called a dynamometer and testing someone's strength and saying, compared to people the same age as you and the same gender as you, your strength sits at the 50th percentile of the population. So your strength is completely average. And given your job and what you want to do, that's completely fine. But alternatively, we might have someone who comes in who's a, they might be a builder. So they're quite active and they're having to lift things quite often. And we test their lower back strength. And their lower back strength is sitting at the 25th percentile of the population. What I would say to that builder, your lower back is weaker than it ideally should be. As an active builder, for someone same age, same gender, I'd expect you to be above average because your job requires you to lift heavier things more often than the average person. And so for that person, we would say, okay, you really need to work on your lower back strength to try and minimise your risk over time. And that's the process. So we'd ask some questions, we'd have a look at how they move, we would measure their strength, and then we would put together a strength training program or a set of recommendations uh, for them and uh, to try and reduce their injury or achieve whatever goal they're trying to achieve. Tim, you mentioned earlier about people in their early 50s. Yes. Are there other stages of life or or ages when our bodies, although we might notice it so much, change in terms of muscle or, or fitness that it might be worth thinking about when you hit that age or that stage going and seeing a physio? Yeah, you're, you're really going to get me up on my high horse here, Simon. So we, um, we reach our peak muscular strength uh, between the age of 30 and 35. Um, that's that's when we're at our max. And then we lose uh, a couple of percent every decade after that. And by the time you reach 60, you lose 1% of your strength every year. Now, that can actually get as high as 4% per year, which is a, is a scary number because you imagine losing being, being 60, um, losing 4% of your strength every year, um, you lose a lot of muscle mass over that following 10 years to when you're 70 or to when you're 80. My honest opinion is that every single Australian over the age of 18 should be doing two strength training sessions a week. At an absolute minimum, the most important is everybody over the age of 35. And then every year after the age of 35, it becomes more important. 60 is a real turning point when your loss of strength accelerates. So the more strength that you can have going into that, the better. But at the end of the day, the sooner you start, uh, the better you'll be. Like so many patients have said to me, oh, I put this off for a while and I didn't think it would help and I didn't like the idea of strength training and they think, oh, I just wish that I started five years earlier or, or 10 years earlier. So sorry to sit on the fence on that one because everybody could benefit. I guess if you're going to force me into an answer, certainly everyone over the age of 60 has to be doing a strength training program. So for the people who have been listening today and are now panicking that they haven't done an ounce of strength training in the past decade or four and they think that they have Asking to... for a friend? Asking <laughs> for a friend, son? Quite possibly, Tim. And they're thinking, oh my God, I have to go out, join a gym... Uh, have a personal trainer make up 
a, a, a routine for me and do it at least twice a week. Before they rush out and do that, mm. what advice can you give these people? What is the best, the best beginning steps in that process? The first piece of advice I would give to someone, expert advice early. You're rather than thinking, oh, maybe I can do this by myself or maybe I can do this online. I would say that the investment in, in seeing a professional early is more likely to end up in good results and less likely to end up in injury or burnout. So think about getting a smooth start as being probably the most important part of it. And then the second part, and this is a myth that I really want to bust around strength training, is that you don't need to be doing it more than twice a week. And you can do a program in half an hour. So people who think that they need to be there four or five times a week for an hour, you absolutely don't. Twice a week for half an hour with the right program prescribed by a professional. That's enough. And, th and that's what makes it realistic for people to do long term. Okay. And 30 minutes sounds like a really short period of time. In that 30-minute program, would it cover the whole body? You'd, you'd be doing legs, arms, chest, back? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, a well-designed program. Because if you go and see someone that doesn't have a great understanding of exercise, they'll give you a shotgun approach. They'll give you heaps of exercises and probably something will help. If you go and see someone who's really well qualified, they'll just give you what you need, which means that you can get it over and done with in 30 minutes. I, I do strength training twice a week. It takes me under 25 minutes for a workout every time. And, and I'm, I'm tired at the end. I've worked really hard. And my body will respond and I just do it twice a week. And that helps me, uh, helps me keep surfing, helps me keep running, which are the activities um, that I love. But yeah, no, you get everything that you need to done in half an hour. Okay, Tim, if people are interested in finding out more about the Kiza Knee Program, how do they go about it? Yeah, really easy, Simon. There are a couple of eligibility criteria and a couple of questions that we would need to ask. So you can just go to keyser.com.au slash TMHBA or you can give us a call directly, 5221-7555. We'll be able to walk you through it over the phone, answer all the questions that you've got and get you a really smooth start if you meet our eligibility criteria. Tim Denman, thank you very much for joining us today on the GMHBA Healthier Together podcast. Simon, thank you very much for having me. I hope that uh, everybody who listens to this uh, finds it really helpful, uh, found one or two things I said insightful, and, and hopefully I can help people be healthier in the future. Thanks for having me.